Welcome to PantherCast, the official podcast of TMI Episcopal. We're bringing you an inside look at our community and keeping you informed about what's happening on campus. Well, hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me today for another episode of TMI's PantherCast podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gish, Director of Community Relations. Today, I'm joined by Father Nate Bostain, TMI's head chaplain and someone you might recognize as the voice of TMI. Thank you so much for joining me today, Father Nate, and welcome to the show. It is great to be here. I hope you're having a great day. I am. Hope you're having a great one, too. So before we jump into some of the deeper questions and get some words of wisdom from you, I thought it would be nice to let our audience get to know you a little better. You've been a familiar face at TMI since 2010, and you have the not-so-small task of preparing daily sermons for an audience of 500-plus people. So you've touched the lives of everyone at TMI, and since this is your first time on the TMI Panther cast, I would love if you could share a little bit about your path to TMI. What's kind of interesting is I did not grow up in a church at all. Uh, I grew up in a family that was kind of unchurched or at best semi-churched. I mean, we went to uh, Christmas and Easter kind of things or, uh, every other year or so, but not not really interested in church a whole lot. And I would say that by the time I was the age of a lot of our students at TMI, especially our senior high students, I was what you might call an angry agnostic. Uh, I didn't know if there was a God or not, but I'm, I was sure I didn't like God. So, uh, um, and, and it was it was as, as surprising to me as to anybody that I, I kind of uh, fell, in, fell in love with God and fell in love with uh, doing this kind of work. But uh, I've always been kind of a sort of a philosophical sort, asking questions, seeking answers and things like that. <clears throat> and whenever I was in my first year of college, I had a life-changing experience with the love of God. The love of God became really apparent to me and really clear to me in the person of Jesus. And I felt like I was called to, um, to live for something bigger and higher than myself. Uh, and that originally manifested itself as, as becoming a social worker. I was a social worker for almost seven years worked with uh, runaway and abused kids um, and did that for a while and also volunteered at some local churches, uh, the various places I lived during those times. As I was doing that, some people said, hey, Nate, you're, you're pretty good at this uh, youth ministry thing. Have you thought about being a professional youth minister? And I was like, oh, I never thought about it, but uh, I'll try it. And then I tried that out and became a youth minister and, and uh, wound up uh, taking a full-time job in the Episcopal Church and fell in love with the Episcopal Church. I was teaching confirmation in my first confirmation class and uh, decided that I wanted to be confirmed as well. So in December of 2000, I was confirmed as an Episcopal, uh, a member of the Episcopal Church. Um, and then doing that type of ministry led to people saying, hey, Nate, you're kind of good at doing the youth ministry thing. Have you ever thought about being a priest? And I thought, okay, I'll try that out too. Uh, so uh, in about 2004, I um, was uh, doing youth ministry for the Diocese of Dallas um, and entered into the ordination process and seminary process there at SMU, Perkins School of Theology. Um, And then that turned into me doing college ministry for the Diocese of Dallas, and I was a college minister at SMU until 2010 and working with young adults and college uh, college age folks. Um, And then opportunity came a knocking down here at, uh, at TMI. So I bought myself a pair of black cowboy boots and came down and interviewed and uh, fell in love with TMI. And I guess TMI fell in love with me. And, uh, 
and that's the that's that's it. That's history. <laughs> what a wonderful journey and just a, a great story. Thank you for sharing that with us, and thank you for sharing your gifts with us for the past ten years. It's been wonderful to to have you on the campus. Well, thank you. It's you know one of the things that I love about TMI is that uh, for me it's a great balance of a lot of things that I'm passionate about. I love I love the pastoral aspect. I love leading chapel, doing sermons praying with people, counseling with people, but I also love the academic part of it, that, that philosophical part of me. Uh, and having led the religion department most of my years here and developing the religion curriculum, it's been awesome. It's also a great mix of, of the kind of the, the cherish and the challenge. We cherish mm -hmm. TMI students and faculty and families, and we also challenge them to become their best selves. And it's a great place to engage in the formation of the whole person, um, physically, mentally, socially, spiritually, uh, being involved in that entire uh, aspect of, of, of raising up everything they are to help them become servant leaders. And being at a school, I mean, every day is different. So what a, a joy to have a variety in that aspect. <laughs> a lot of variety, yes. <laughs> So you've been taking our sermons, our daily chapel. You've taken that online for the past couple of weeks now. You were the first to, to kind of go live right after we came back from break. You wasted no time taking that online. So what's the experience been like over those past few weeks of bringing daily chapel online? And what have you been hearing or maybe getting from the community that, that they need most right now? Going online has been, has been challenging. Um, I am used to, like every priest and minister and rabbi and, and everybody else around the country, we're used to doing our services live and getting that, that, that feedback loop. Right. And so there's mm -hmm. none of that going on by speaking into the computer. Um, and, and so that is, that's a little bit, a little bit odd. Um, and I hope that I'm, I'm, I'm putting out content that helps people and, and, you know, we're getting, getting a few dozen people tune in every day, which is, is, is very happy to me. Um, but as I do virtual ministry online, as I'm checking in with people in video chats and in emails and in text messages, uh, I'm hearing a few things from them. First of all, I think a lot of people are thinking that this is, this is surreal. This is like nothing that our culture has been through in about 100 years since the 1918 uh, Spanish flu pandemic. And, and it's surreal in a way because people experience it as – it's just like everywhere and nowhere. Like, like it, it affects absolutely everything, but you can't reach out and touch mm -hmm. the threat. And, and it, it is so odd to have such a dangerous situation that doesn't feel dangerous on a daily basis, um, except for a certain category of folks. And there's, there's folks in our community, in our faculty, and, and with our families that have loved ones that work in the medical fields. They're doctors, they're nurses, they're um, first responders. And for them, it's a very visceral kind of fear. It's, it is, yeah. they're experiencing that danger on a daily basis. Some of them have loved ones that are on daily quarantine away from the rest of the family because of what they're doing, and they're sacrificing a whole lot. Um, a lot of people, and especially our students, are feeling really disconnected from community. The other day, as I was uh, talking to our students uh, in our daily classroom, um, uh, I was asking them, what do they miss most about normal life? And overwhelmingly, they were like, I miss my friends. I miss my friends. I miss seeing people face to face. And, and while they're being disconnected physically and socially, it's almost like they're overconnected and overstimulated by technology and media because that's the only way that we can talk to one another. Mm -hmm. And so we, we have a lot of screen time. We have a lot of saturation with media. We have a lot of saturation with, with, with social media. 
news and all that kind of stuff. And it just can get overwhelming for a lot of people and combine that with kind of the lack of structure that people are experiencing that there's, you know, there's no bedtime, there's no wake up time, mm-hmm. there's no standard meal times. Uh, just, just, it, it can kind of lead to a kind of a spiral of bad life habits for, for some folks. Um, that was summed up for me in a, in a recent meme uh, that I saw that it really spoke to me. And the meme was, uh, you're not hungry. You're just bored, <laughs> you know? And, yeah. and, I, and I'm one of those people that likes to graze, right? If I'm, if I'm around the house, I just go and graze mm. constantly. You're not hungry. You're just bored. Yeah. So those are it, some of the things that I'm seeing from our community. What kind of advice do you have for the students that bring that up and kind of express those constern- concerns to you? Um, for me, I tend to be a um, kind of a lot of things for me revolve, revolve down to um, daily structures and daily habits, right? And, and I think that one of the best things that we can do for ourselves is to create a structure where there is no structure. Um, and what I often tell people is uh, to, stru- to uh, segment your time, your daily time into five things. Uh, time for work, time for play, time for reflection, time for connection, and time for sleep. And what I mean by that is well, we all know what work is, right? We need mm-hmm. to set aside times and, and give ourselves two-hour block, uh, you know, and then maybe some rest time to, to sit down and do the work that we need to do and give ourselves permission to not be distracted by other things while we do that work. And then after we're done with that work, we give ourselves time to, time to play, time to enjoy ourselves, time to work out if working out is your thing, time to, time to chill out on some video games, if video games are your thing, go, to, go on YouTube and, and browse through some videos, whatever it is. Um, so that's work and play. And then I would encourage people to find time to reflect, right? To set aside time during the day uh, to pray or to meditate, to read some type of inspirational literature, whether that is the, the, um, the Bible or scriptures that are sacred to them or poetry, to read, reflect, pray, meditate at some point during the day. The third thing is, is uh, or fourth thing is to make time for connection, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there are lots of people in our lives that we need to talk to on a regular basis, and now is a great time to reconnect with, with grandma, reconnect with aunt and uncle. Um, we've got these wonderful uh, tools available with Zoom, with, uh, with FaceTime, with all these different ways to, to reach out. Make time to connect with people that are important in your life. And finally, um, and maybe even most importantly, take time to sleep. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to get into a, um, a rhythm where you just don't sleep. You stay up uh, intaking content or just doing drips and drabs of work uh, interspersed with, with playing around on the Internet, interspersed with going on Facebook or Twitter and commenting on something and coming back. It's really easy to, to, to lose that time to sleep. So making a, a time to get that seven or eight hours of sleep that you need on a, on a daily basis. So that structure, work, play, mm-hmm. reflect, connect, and sleep. I love those divisions of time. And I especially love the focus on sleep because when we get a good night's sleep, it really can just set us up for success the next day. I mean, we, especially as adults, I think we undervalue the importance of sleep and and we know we should be sleeping more but and that's what the research is saying for the last uh, 10 years at least there's been a lot of research that's come out about the importance of sleep in so many aspects of our life from stress reduction to better cardiovascular health to even effects on the metabolism and being able to lose weight and keep weight off 
And yet in our culture, I think there is kind of this badge of honor that we get mm-hmm. from burning the candle at both ends. And I'm, I'm a real productive uh, person. If I, I trim that sleep down to four hours, I am a hero. Somebody's going to give yeah. me a prize <laughs> for my lack of sleep. They're not going to give you a prize for your lack of sleep. And you're, you're just going to wind up tanking your physical, emotional, and spiritual health. Uh, so yeah, sleep is, is huge, I think. Yeah, we need to flip that. And now's the time. I mean, no one's commuting, so <laughs> take that commute time and sleep. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, we are recording this. It's just a few days before Easter, and this is going to come out on Easter Sunday. And like many holidays, Easter is a time for families to gather to gather and celebrate. So I'm wondering what kind of words of wisdom or advice can you share with families who are adjusting to a new normal right now that, that are missing some of these big events or maybe not, you know, not just Easter, but big, big events in general. So um, let's start off with Easter and then we can go, go yeah. to some other big events as well. Um, for, for Easter and, and even for, for, for church, this is really a golden age of churches offering online content. So there are, are plenty of churches in the San Antonio area and beyond that are offering really great worship services online. It isn't like um, uh, tuning into public access whenever you were a kid and seeing, uh, you know, Aunt Eunice playing the organ at the local <laughs> Methodist church, right? There, there's a lot of really church, great churches doing some really creative things out there. Uh, and if I could just uh, hold up a couple of our Episcopal churches here, mm-hmm. uh, Grace Church that meets at, at TMI is having their Easter online at 1030 a.m. on Sunday. If you go to gracechurchsa.org, you can find uh, their Easter service. And then St. George Episcopal uh, with St. George School there, which is one of our sister schools. They're also having a 10 a.m. Easter service that is at stgeorgechurch.org that you can tune into as well. If, if it still feels weird to tune in online virtually to a church, one of the things that I would recommend is um, pull, out, pull out that old dusty Bible as a family, right? And, and, and pass around the, the end of the gospel narratives, uh, the last chapter or so of Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, and just have the family read through those narratives uh, to take them back to that first century and the experience of the, of the first disciples as they were confronted with this incredible event where their, their crucified teacher and rabbi and friend was now alive again from the dead. Um, so, Find these ways to connect and, and pull out that Bible and use it. Uh, tune in to your local church. I think those are all great options. That's wonderful. And what about other major events that families might be missing at this time? Because we've been in quarantine for a little while now, going on weeks, and a lot has been happening, whether it's birthdays or family deaths. Um, what kind of advice can you share? Yeah, I mean, people are missing everything right now from, uh, from haircuts to birthdays. <laughs> Those but, are important. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, uh, so there's a, there's a lot of, of milestone events. And, and unfortunately, a lot of, a lot of uh, seniors around the country are going are gonna to have uh, a milestone event that is going to be deeply impacted by this crisis. Uh, and lots of schools are trying to scramble to figure out what they're going to do for graduation. Um, with that in mind, what I would say is, is this. Um, another thing that I just remembered as well, our Jewish brothers and sisters are celebrating Passover right now as we speak, right? And, and just like Christian churches have gone online, there's a lot of um, local synagogues that have gone online with observances for the, for the High Holy Days. And I would encourage all of our Jewish brothers and sisters to find those resources as well. Um, 
but as far as birthdays uh, go, I think that, again, we live in kind of a golden age of being able to connect virtually. Uh, you can get a, a Zoom call together, just like we're Zooming right now, and get all of the, the family together uh, virtually and, and sing happy birthday and blow those candles out and exchange pleasantries and send your Amazon gift cards uh, <laughs> via email, right? You can, you can make the, the best out of it. One of the things that breaks my heart during this time, though, is uh, families that have suffered significant loss, right? Either they have, have family members that have gone into um, uh, the hospital mm -hmm. uh, and they can't go visit them, or they have family members that have passed, and they, then they're wondering what can be done during this time. Um, at this point, I, the, I would say please reach out to someone in your life, whether it's a minister, uh, a rabbi, um, uh, a priest that you know, and seek spiritual counsel uh, mm -hmm. because this is a very difficult time that I can't exactly give you a one size fits all uh, on a podcast like this, but there's a lot of grief to work through. And I would really suggest that if somebody's working through significant grief and significant loss right now, and they can't go and process that in person uh, to talk to somebody who's a professional who can help them out through this time. And I'd also say, and add in, in addition to ministers, there's also lots of great psychological uh, help available out there as well. That's great advice. So what are some important things to remember? We're in, we're just finishing Holy Week right now. It, and uh, this, like I mentioned, is going to come out on Easter Sunday. So this time of year, what is some important things to keep in mind and maybe just for our families to, to remember? In terms of spiritual wisdom during this time, you know, I want to start with the fact that, that we were made by an infinite love, an infinite love that created us uh, in God's image to reflect God's glory, that infinite love that moves the stars, that we live and move and exist within, and, and to know that we are, even though we're separate, we are connected by something that is much greater than ourselves. We're connected by this love that fills and flows through all things, and this love that I believe is ultimately revealed in the person of Jesus, right? That um, many of us wonder about what the nature of God is, what the, what the nature of ultimate love is. Well, I believe this love showed us, showed us itself by coming and, and being embodied in, in the person of Jesus to show us what love looks like whenever love reaches out and heals and feeds and raises up and teaches and challenges, that that love is uniquely embodied for us in the person of Jesus and God in Jesus comes in to be in, in solidarity with us. God knows what it's like to go through our lives because in Jesus, God went through our lives with us from the womb into the tomb and beyond. Um, and as we, as we come up on Easter, um, the crescendo of this entire plot of, of history that we find in Jesus reaches its apex in the resurrection. In the resurrection, all of Jesus' teachings about love and about healing and compassion and mercy and joy and peace, all of that reaches its apex because we see in the resurrection that not even death can hold down love. Love is bigger and stronger than anything we face, whether what we face is COVID-19 or it's loneliness or it's loss or it's, or it's, it's shame or it's blame. That love is bigger than all of our problems. And if we lean on that love, that love will help us through the things that we go through. One of my kind of go-to scriptures when dealing with problems in life comes at the very end of Romans chapter 8. And in Romans chapter 8, um, St. Paul tells us this, who will separate us from the love of Christ? 
will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword or even COVID-19? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And it's that love that gets me up every morning and, and helps me to, to keep on motoring through even in times like this. What a wonderful message, especially for such a difficult time right, the, right now like this. That's something that's so important to keep in mind. So thank you for, for sharing that message today. So you mentioned, you alluded to it a little bit earlier, that uh, students are still reaching out to you. The community is still reaching out to you. So can you talk about what some of those spiritual support services that you still offer and how our students can get in touch with you? What, what is the best way to do that? Well, you know, one of the things we say here at TMI is the campus is closed, but school is still open. Mm -hmm. And the same is true for, for, for chaplaincy, right? The campus may be closed, but chaplaincy is fully open. I am... I am available uh, via email, via text message, uh, via Zoom, via Google, via smoke signal, right? <laughs> if, if somebody has, has a question or a concern or they need prayer, um, I'm always open for business. So I would encourage people to use our TMI, use on campus, use our TMI um, uh, website, uh, and they can find my contact information there. Um, and the other thing is that uh, we are still doing daily chapel. Um, a lot of people may not know this, uh, but we still are, are live every Monday through Friday at 9.50 a.m. And uh, every week, I'm trying to pick a theme that we're going through every week. Uh, so the first week that we came back and we were all struggling with our, our new normal, uh, the theme that I used there was the great promises of Scripture and how those promises help us through tough, through tough times. The second week, I uh, did a series on our core values at TMI, our uh, WISER, W-I-S-E-R values, wisdom, integrity, service, excellence, and reverence, and how we find those rooted in Scripture. This week, of course, we're going through the last week of Jesus' life, um, ending, culminating tomorrow at 9.50 uh, for uh, Good Friday. And then uh, next week, uh, you may have guessed this, but we'll be talking about resurrection hope. And I'll be going through some of those great resurrection narratives and how that brought hope to the disciples. Uh, so you can tune in every, uh, every Monday through Friday, 9.50 a.m. Uh, by going to our YouTube channel, um, youtube.com front slash user front slash TMI Episcopal School. And I've actually got a short link for everyone. So if, oh, people, just, wow. if people just want to go to www.tmi-sa.org forward slash live. That'll take you there as slide. well. Ooh, yeah. I, I, may, I may replace that on my, uh, on my slide deck. Okay. But, but it's always there on our YouTube channel as well, the, the main, the full URL that you gave. So it's always there. Excellent. And the chapel talks, you want to? Oh, yeah. Uh, and the other thing that, that people need to know is that our chapel talks, our senior chapel talks, are still going. Uh, every senior will be uh, com uh, completing a senior chapel talk this year, whether it was live in chapel before COVID or whether it is virtually uh, uploaded onto our YouTube channel um, now that we are, are off campus. Um, so we have a schedule uh, that we're following and every senior that is not yet gone will have their senior chapel talk posted. And you can see that right after daily chapel uh, starting at 10 a.m. on Monday through Friday. It's fantastic. Well, we covered a lot today, Father Nate. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you would like to share with the community before we wrap up? I, you know, I think that the community needs to know how much uh, I miss being in person with them. Mm -hmm. And not only I, but, but our entire staff, uh, from, from Father Scott 
on down to our, our classroom teachers, one of the things I hear overwhelmingly from our community is that it's just not the same, not being in the classroom, not being in the chapel, not being in the, on the sport court, uh, not being out on the lacrosse field with, with everybody. It is, it is just not the same and we miss everybody terribly. And, uh, we're, we're constantly praying for everybody and, and we hope to be reunited soon. Great words. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time today, Father Nate, and thank you so much for joining me. You are very welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to TMI's PantherCast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We'd love to connect with you and hear your feedback on the show. Send us an email at panthercast at tmi-sa.org. And if you want to know more about what's happening here at TMI, visit our website at www dot tmi-sa.org.